0: Welcome to the Voices of Aging podcast, where you learn more about aging through experts. We are the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group, or ASIC, a student-led collaborative organization for the study of aging at the University of Minnesota. Every episode, we feature guests working in different aging-related areas, and they share their experiences and wisdom. We release two episodes every month, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in to learn more about aging every time you hit play.
1: This is Madeline with the Voices of Aging podcast. Today, our guest is Dr. Quinton Cotton. Dr. Cotton is the Robert L. Kane Postdoctoral Fellow at the University of Minnesota. His work is centered around addressing the needs of Black American um, Alzheimer's disease caregivers. Hi, Dr. Cotton, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here, Madeline.
1: I'd love it if we could start with um, you introducing yourself a little bit more, giving your background. How did you end up here?
2: Absolutely. I'm a social work scientist. Um, My career began really as a result of a lifelong front row seat to social justice issues and communities. I wanted to use my life to understand problems that existed in societies and not just to understand those problems, um, but to implement action steps um, that would make social outcomes and health outcomes real, um, particularly for vulnerable populations and communities where we see challenges. And so I've always been drawn to um, issues of social justice, issues that involve human difference, um, but issues that some people would call um, sort of wicked problems. These are these problems that are so complex and so complicated, you don't know where to start. But the point is, you start somewhere and you start with a strategy. And so social work really gave me an opportunity to think about how do I understand issues? And it gave me this lens of thinking about the biological self, Um, but thinking about the psychological self, the psychosocial self, the spiritual self, but how we as individuals are uniquely connected to our environments. And so social justice just isn't something that exists out in the world. Um, Social justice becomes something that's personal because we're so connected to our environment. So my research, um, which really uh, looks at How dementia caregivers understand um, and manage their roles as uh, caregivers um, really is sort of rooted in this deeper understanding that I have about what it means to be in a community and to have that community support you and your family's health.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Just for our better understanding, could you give a couple of examples of what you're talking about what needs to be addressed or what kinds of interventions or resources are you working on
2: yeah i think that there are several um, needs that should be addressed uh, more broadly so what i'm talking about right now is that many people in our country live in environments that are not appropriately resourced to support them in being healthy Uh, what this means is A community that may not have a respite program uh, for seniors, a uh, community or neighborhood that might be in a food desert, a uh, neighborhood that may lack quality uh, transportation so that those residents of that neighborhood um, can get to medical appointments. And so when I talk about the environment, I'm talking about all of those things that we know contribute to a person and a community's overall health. Some people call this the social determinants of health. I'm sure most people are familiar uh, with with that term. Um, But for me, that term, it's not just a term. It's not just a data point. It's a a person's life (laughs) that people live in those terms. And so what I want to do is to not only illuminate that those experiences exist, I want to illuminate and better understand what is happening in those environments. And more fundamentally, um, how do we support those environments at the structural level? being designed and resourced in a way so that people can be healthy.
1: I think that's so perfectly summarized and beautifully stated. I I can understand where your inspiration is coming from. And I'm also curious, why did you choose within your research to specifically focus on dementia caregivers?
2: Yeah, most immediately, I had a project um, that focused on infant mortality, <laughs> and I, I was the baby guy for, for quite some time. Um, why I decided to focus on dementia, it, it has a lot to do with my training in social work. The person and environment perspective is something that I really believe is an important consideration. My work in infant mortality um, has exposed me to a concept called life course. And we always talk about the product of nine months of pregnancy just isn't um, the delivery of a baby, right? Um, A healthy baby. Um, That everything that has happened over a person's lifetime, they carry with them. And that shows up in so many unique ways. And and so for me, moving from infant mortality to dementia, it really is an extension of my issue, or should I say my my, my interest in life course. And so some of the things that individuals and communities um, face, they change as we age. But we're... Always aging, and we are always aging within the context of community. So, my interest um, really is uh, more fundamentally about um, thinking about life trajectories, thinking about pathways. And so, I spent some time thinking about what happens early on. And while the experience was great, that experience culminates. And for many people, the culmination of a life, unfortunately, might be experiencing um, a very uh, progressive and degenerative condition uh, called dementia, which is really an umbrella term uh, to refer to a set of neurological um, conditions uh, that that impact um, folks. Um, So for me, that life course interest um, in now applying that to dementia was really a way for me of seeing what has happened over a person's lifetime and being able to view dementia from that context.
1: I know your work also centers around Black Americans. Have you found or what are your thoughts on the unique needs of Black uh, dementia caregivers?
2: Yeah, Well, well first let me start off by saying that All caregivers have needs, and those needs are are, are similar. I think that when persons take on the role of being a caregiver, there is something about that role that impacts folks. Um, They immediately um, enter into a new psychological state. They immediately begin to think differently about how they show up. They begin to think about care differently and their role in the family. Um, I I think that caregivers of all communities definitely have needs. Um, And some of those needs are similar. What we see happening, though, is that in particular communities, um, we don't pay enough attention to cultural elements in terms of how disease is understood and experienced. We don't pay enough attention to how we translate that cultural understanding um, so that when interventions are developed, they can reach people from particular groups. Again, I, I sort of mentioned this perspective before that I'm interested in, person and environment. What we know is that environment shapes so much i remember i'm from milwaukee um originally and in the paper there i remember this article that talked about the tell of two zip codes um you know if you were to go one block over this way one block over that way the community physically looks different the wealth that's in that community is different everything about those communities are different including the health outcomes and so one of the things that i think is an important consideration when we talk about you know why the focus on african americans several reasons what we know is that african americans are two times more likely to be diagnosed uh, with dementia compared to non-Hispanic whites. The piece about this that's really important is why do we observe this increased diagnosis among this population? I think that takes us down the question of what is the experience of this population in society? And so we can't isolate the experience of Blacks, African-Americans from their American experience, which is marred with a number of issues such as structural poverty, such as systematic racism, genderized racism. And so when we talk about the unique needs of caregivers from this particular population. We have to view their experience through this unique cultural context, but also the social experience that people have. And I, I think it shows up in so many ways. So as a medical student, I'm certain that you've had lots of conversations about how patients of color experience healthcare. And it is these differential ways in which we all are present in society and how we experience society um, that sometimes can create more need, can create more burden, can create poor outcomes. And so for many folks who believe that, oh, this, you know, this should work for everyone. Um, It's a little bit more complicated than that because we have these differential experiences in our society that have to be thought about and have to be accounted for when we think about how to improve health. And we have to apply that, especially when we talk about conditions like dementia and how caregivers experience their role.
1: I really love your perspective of the individual in their environment and those environments sort of building the community, which then can form a society and then in the larger context, the country as a whole. And, you know, kind of thinking about that further, I'm curious, you've, you've touched on this, what your approach to those layers is exactly? Like if you're thinking about targeting the environment in order to reach the individual? Or is that kind of your thought process? Or is there another way you're thinking about it?
2: There are a number of things that I think are important in work that is rooted in social justice. So as a social worker, one of the things that I pay attention to are things like, how is power operating here? how. Do those dynamics impact people and communities? The work requires us to be flexible and nimble. So when I talk about the experience of dementia caregivers and how we support them in being healthy, how we support them in providing the best care possible uh, to their loved ones, this is also a conversation that is about policy. This is also a conversation that is about how we design health systems and how we even conceptualize health. So for me, this is a very, very broad conversation, and we need people at many different levels coming together to figure out how we support dementia caregivers. I I just maybe perhaps want to um, say a little bit more about this. I think that the beauty of being in the academy is we all are trained in so many different ways. And so folks who are trained in policy and government and history, um, they play an important role in thinking about how we perhaps address things at the structural societal level. But we also have other people like yourself who are in training programs who will be physicians and nurses and dentists and pharmacists and and all types of people who are working for change at that level. And so I I think the takeaway is when we have a conversation about health, when we have a conversation about how we look at issues, these conversations have to range from how we think about what happens individually and connecting that individual to their larger society and thinking about what are the levers or what are the mechanisms for supporting health for individuals. How do we achieve that through policy? How do we achieve that through our health institutions? How do we achieve that through our government programs? How do we achieve that through our families? And so it really is a question um, that we should be answering at all all of these different levels. And so the beautiful thing about that is that we all can have a hand in participating in improving health for ourselves and our our families. And one more point to move on. What I'm also getting at in some way is that health is political. To transform health, we have to be involved in the democratic process. I, I think that particularly for caregivers, um, people are so burdened already that we can't ask them to do a million things, but we still need to have our attention applied to what is happening at the structural level because it has a direct impact on what individuals experience. So as I'm sort of talking about all of this, I, I definitely want one message to be not that we just are connected to our environments, but an important mechanism or an important lever um, that we all can pull to support and improve health is being much more engaged in policy work.
1: Dr. Cotton, I think you are so valuable. Your words are so valuable. I think you're a real asset to our community here at the University of Minnesota. Um, So I just want to thank you so much for sharing your perspective. And I I know that our listeners are really going to get a lot out of this. I just wanted to end because many of our listeners are a part of the University of Minnesota community. Many of them are students. Are there any opportunities that you can share, um, any resources for people to look at or any plugs that you might have? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I think one of the first resources um, that I would share is our Center for Healthy Aging and Innovation called CHI. Um, That center has an advisory board that is comprised of community members and persons from our university uh, community. I think that this is... um, an important opportunity um, that's available for folks who are interested in being connected to communities, like really rolling up your sleeves and seeing, um, getting a firsthand experience with community change work, building relationships and connections. And so I think that chai is one of the the first resources um, that I would recommend. I'm underselling chai right now, but I think that this is a place where there are opportunities for research. There are opportunities for applied learning. Uh, There are opportunities um, for internships. There are opportunities that I think are really meaningful. And to do so in, in a way where you are Part of a larger conversation about how do we care for older adults and and, and their caregivers. So I, I think that chai um, would be the the first um, way. In in which I would direct students to a resource resource on campus around aging. I think that more generally, um, there are other resources on campus, such as research training um, programs um, and service learning um, opportunities. I, I think that um, sort of the, the takeaway is I think students have to be intentional about seeking out resources, asking questions, um, asking folks if you can shadow them, asking folks for a virtual coffee or if you wear your mask, in-person coffee, um, just to learn a little bit more about what's out there. And oftentimes opportunities are, are right in front of us. Um, but unless we make a step to, to learn a little bit more and, and, and build a connection and, and build our network, we won't be able to tap into some potential opportunities. And I'm happy to share uh, more with you uh, separately that you can um, definitely pass on uh, to, to listeners.
1: Wonderful. Well, that uh, wraps up this episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Cotton. I have really enjoyed our conversation.
2: Great. Thank you so much. Take care.
0: This podcast is brought to you by ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. Follow Voices of the Aging and ASIC on social media for more information about the episodes and guests on the podcast and to learn more about us as a student group. See you next time.